Welcome in my another episode of my podcast and today I have a William Bust. He will share with us tips regarding sales and how he's helping people to build their businesses. He's not just working with someone, he's working with people who are already having a business, they might feel stuck and he helps them to grow to the next level. Thank you very much for coming William, it was very nice to having you here. Of course and uh, thank you Vincent for inviting me on, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm a business mentor, I work with um, small business owners, uh, helping them with strategy and thinking about uh, a concept that I call mastery. Uh, and mastery is about stepping beyond your expertise to build the very best business that you can. Uh, I've been working, doing that for 20 years now. It's 2000 and, uh, 2004 that I started my business. Amazing that how the time flies. During that time, I've been observing and interviewing lots of small business owners, thinking about what's their journey been? How have they developed from somebody who knew nothing about what they did at some point in their, you know, in their earlier years to being the expert that they are today and maybe even a master of what they do. And in that work, I've identified and validated the kind of five stages to that journey. Mm -hmm. so we start off when we know very little as an explorer and we're hungry for knowledge mm -hmm. and we read and we learn and, we, you know, it's like, like learning a language when we know nothing. We want to know what the vocabulary is, what's, what are the rules of the grammar and so on. So getting all that knowledge allows us then to start developing skills. And uh, when we're in that stage, we're what I call a novice. So we make lots of mistakes and uh, things don't work quite as we expect. And mm -hmm. we try things and make mistakes and that's all okay. Mm -hmm. And after a while, we get we get pretty competent at what we're doing and, and move into a stage that I call practitioner. Mm -hmm. So these are people who know how to do what they do, probably doing it across quite a broad spectrum. Uh, so, you know, if you're, for example, maybe a lawyer, you might be working in, in several branches of the law as a practitioner. You might be doing contract law on a Monday and, and criminal law on a Tuesday and, and advising mm -hmm. somebody on... Uh, marital matters on a Wednesday, you know, and so on. But gradually, as as we hone in on what we really enjoy and what we're really good at, we narrow down the field of, of what we know, and we become an expert in one of those fields. And that's about gathering experience. And as we gather experience, as I say, we narrow down the area that we work in. So the accountants might become tax accountants, the lawyers might become focused on criminal law or contract law, but almost to the exclusion of the other branches of the law. They still know about them, but they're no longer honing in, practicing and, and getting experience in those. <laughs> Nearly there, there's this final step that I talk about that's about mastery. And for me, that's a, a stage where we really embody what we do. We become... Uh, you know, it becomes integral to who we are. It's about our identity as much as it is about what we do. Mm. Um, and that's about insights and about drawing insights from other aspects of our lives, uh, maybe hobbies and things that we do. Um, mm. I'm a photographer as a you know, reasonably serious hobby. In fact, uh, you know, I'm oh. exhibiting some of my work uh, later in the year in London, it's so it's pretty serious now. Uh, my photography, I, I take landscape photographs. Mm -hmm. um, now, you think, what's that got to do with business? Well, 
One of the things that I've learned over the years about photography is that to get a really great photograph, of course, what's in the photograph matters a lot. But also what matters is what you leave out, what you, where you choose to frame the picture, what, what is out of shot that would be a distraction if it was in shot. And in business too, I think the really successful businesses concentrate on keeping the right things in focus and dropping the things that don't matter so much to that particular business. So as often as not, it's about what they choose to say no to that makes them successful as well as what they say yes to. And, you know, I can see the analogy between the photography that I'm doing and the business mentoring work that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And it's that kind of way you can draw insight from other aspects of your life that come to bear on that narrow area of expertise mm -hmm. that elevates people to mastery because they start seeing things that other people don't see. Mm -hmm. that, yep. That's what makes them stand out. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you very much for sharing. It's a, it's a great that you have created this kind of like when you discovered the analogy of, you know, explorer, novice, professional expert and expert and master. How do you work with your clients? So when you mentioned that you have uh, you work with companies which are startup companies or maybe they're a little bit advanced, where do you step in and what would you help them with? Great question. Thank you. So I, I generally I don't work with uh, very new startups. Mm -hmm. uh, who would be at the beginning of that journey, you know, the explorers. I tend to work with businesses that uh, have been in business for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, they are established in the market. They're known for what they do, but mm -hmm. they're feeling like there's something getting in the way of them really developing the exact mm -hmm. vision that they had for the business in the first place. Mm -hmm. And as often as not, that's, That is about making one of these transitions, either from practitioner to expert or from expert to master. Um, and so what I do is I work with them, first of all, to uh, uncover where they are and where the blocks and the, and the things that are getting in the way of them succeeding, where those sit. Uh, and then we develop a strategy to get through those blocks or, or to step around them, or, or indeed sometimes to say, that block is over there. I've been trying to go over there and I'm blocked yeah. doing that. Now, actually, if I go over there, I can then get to my goals uh, a different way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, we're looking to identify those ways to overcome the hurdles. Um, and mostly that's, I, I do that one-to-one uh, -one with the business owner mm -hmm. uh, through a, a, a number of processes that I've developed over the years that, that are really there to help identify the, the strategy that's most important right now and to work with them to plan the implementation of that strategy. And we are a little bit similar. Obviously, you have more experience in the in that field. I just started with um, business coaching as well. I do property coaching for past three years almost, but with the business I last year, because people were asking me, can you help me with the different business, which is not property, and the principles are the same, but I can see really the power of when somebody else comes like outsider like me or you as a mentor or coach you can very clearly discover what is it they can be doing differently or discover like they are money lying on the ground and you can just pick them up but because if people are in that kind of busy daily habits of running that business sometimes they don't see those things and it's just about hiring one person and suddenly like huh here you are <laughs> it's uh, i'm 
uh, always minded that we we can't often see what's right in front of us because yeah. we're seeing it every day. Um, and you know we become a little bit blind to it because because it's there all the time um and you know a good coach a good business mentor can ask you know really what can be quite a simple question but a really searching question that enables somebody just to take that momentary step back and and think and and you see it on their faces you know that oh yeah yeah, yeah. A moment of why didn't I see that? That's been <laughs> me in the face for months, and it's you know it's it's not a failing of the business owner. It's it's simply a, a reality of our humanity that we can be uh, involved with something so closely that we just don't see uh, mm. don't see what's right in front of us until it's pointed out. Um, yeah, it's like. Uh, the the old thing about you know if you buy a new car you, you haven't seen a blue mercedes or whatever it is you decided to buy on the roads you buy one and suddenly that's all you see yeah um, and it's because we've you know we've opened our minds to the possibility and then we start to see those things and that's what a good coach or a mentor does is it's really open up a business owner's mind to the possibilities that are there already Mm-hmm. Uh, and enable them to see the right approach mm-hmm. to take hold of those opportunities. And that's the power of it, I think. How many people do you usually want to work with uh, a year? If somebody would want to work with you, do do you have still a space or how busy you are? Because obviously I know, you know, it takes time to work with someone properly. So just so we have a little bit of an idea if somebody would be listening and wanted to get in touch with you regarding that. So I'm, I, I tend to work at any one time with no more than uh, five or six clients. Um, it's partly because, you know, mentoring and coaching work is actually, it's really quite tiring. You know, you're, you're focused uh, on the, the person and on the, uh, the challenges they face in quite an intense way when you're working with them one-to-one. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I don't want, I could fill my diary with, with more clients, but I, I don't want to do that. I want to be fresh. I want to be able to bring a, a clear mind to every meeting. So I work with with five or six at any one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually the work will run for something between four months to a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the average is probably about eight months that I work mm-hmm. with a client. Um, and so I'm, you know, I'm bringing new clients into the business uh, through the year, not vast numbers of them, but, but probably through a year, you know, there's maybe uh, eight to 10 new clients that will join me and eight to 10 that will will, will leave as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at any one time, I I don't, if, if five people contacted me tomorrow and said, we'd love to work with you, I would struggle with that. If, yeah. if one or two did, that yeah. would be fine. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because obviously I see it's like it's important to balance all the things in our life. Like you love photography, right? So you want to have a time to do those things. You don't want to just get busy, busy and have a clients because obviously you can obviously have a lot of money. But if you don't have a time to do stuff, you know, it's it's not really good actually <laughs> show to people like why to build a business, right? Well, and, and, you know, one of the most important things about running your own business, you know, of course, we will all want to be successful. Um, and what success means to each of us is a different thing as well. So part of the work I do is to is to really help people understand what success for them looks like. Uh, and for some people, 
that means having time to spend with their children or their grandchildren uh, and, and being able to afford to do that, having a business that supports a, a, a lifestyle. Uh, for others, it's about building a, a legacy and, and building a business that they can pass on to their children or to somebody else. You know, so what success means very different. Yeah. But in that, what I think is a constant is that the business owner is a human being. And if human being isn't well looked after, isn't you know emotionally, uh, physically, mentally uh, well, mm. then the business isn't going to thrive either. Mm. So you know, big key part of running a business to me is thinking about what do I need as an individual? What do I need to um, be able to grow and develop as an individual as well as the business and those and keeping those aligned is really important too i just attend uh i've done a lot of different trainings but just recently in january i've done the business mastery with tony robbins which are like five full days on it was usa time so we started 3 p.m finished at 3 a.m in uk time <laughs> well it's crazy crazy five days but it's about it's, it's that yeah it's like having a coach going on a training learning things is like it really opens your mind to what is possible when you are learning from someone who's on the higher level right and that's really important i think to you know think about for any of the listeners to your podcast who are you know working really hard in their business running fast all day long to get things done and never having a moment to think for themselves is to really if you can to take a step back and think about come back to the photography thing what can i leave out mm. will yeah. give me some space for me Mm -hmm. uh, so that I can be the best person that I can be because then I can run the best business. Yeah, it's, it's very important. I can see that uh, <clears throat> very often with people who are building a business and I was like that as well and I'm working on it as well. So it's, you know, taking that step of, you know, firstly finding out how valuable you are as a person and after not doing everything and you can have different people to do different tasks. And sometimes it can be scary from the beginning. It's like, yeah, but I don't know how I can pay him. But I think if you know what is your value and you can find that business, you know, to your business, so you will discover that you can grow it much faster and you, you have more time and more freedom. But at the beginning, it's very scary. <laughs> yeah, 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 really, really. And, so let's say that you, somebody approached you, you started working with them. If, if you wouldn't mind, what would be like first few things what you would discover with them? Like any tool what you would use or something what you would ask them so they start thinking more about it? Like, would you want to share something? Sure. So I, uh, on the, uh, my website, which is williambuse.com, um, there is an audit which uh, mm -hmm. you can take, which will allow you to see where you are on that journey of mastery as you progress through your through your business in five different areas. So that gives us a, a baseline mm -hmm. uh, from which we can look at where are the areas where somebody self-assessing, obviously, but, um, you know, is feeling like they need uh, to put some time and effort into. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'll focus on those areas to help understand those better. So that audit's available, whether we work together or not. It's, it's mm -hmm. a, a free audit. Um, so anybody who's listening can go to the website. They'll find the audit there. And, and that um, 
the what's output from that is a report which which it's not automated it's not done by ai it's uh, it, i have a template but uh, but what i'm looking at is the results from what they've completed on the website and then uh, within that i'll give some advice on where to focus mm -hmm. so that bit's free but it gives us the baseline on which to to build on um what i then do somebody wants to work with me generally we do a day together to begin with um that day quite intense day really we dig under the skin of the business what the mm -hmm. business model is what the vision that the business owner has for it uh and so on and mm -hmm. uh, out of that i'm able to document uh the the kind of headline strategies that i think uh, would work for them um, and we'd agree those strategies and that's the start of mm -hmm. building the plan to implement them uh, mm -hmm. then from that point what i tend to do with most clients is that we would meet uh, virtually on zoom uh, as we are now uh, once a month mm -hmm. or an hour 90 minutes something like that where we would revisit that plan and see where they are on the implementation of it i can give advice on any challenges that have arisen uh, through the previous month uh, and set a goal for the next month so it's it's kind of accountability partnership yeah. um, which runs for a few months with the intention that they've got the um, they've got the strategy embedded in the business at the end of it and uh, as i said earlier you know that tends to be uh, four to eight months somewhere around that um, where they then feel comfortable that they've got the business has moved on a level they know what they're doing um, and, uh, and and so at that point maybe they don't need the accountability so much mm -hmm. what I also find is that uh, quite often with clients they'll uh, reach that point they'll implement so they'll feel like they've got the uh, things in under control the business is thriving mm -hmm. and they come back you know, a year later, because they've now moved to another level and there's another stage to go through. Um, so that's the uh, that's the sort of broad outline of how I work. Perfect. Thank you. Actually, based on that, I have two questions. Is there any like a most common issue when you are working with all those businesses, which is like very common? Like, I don't know, it's like a problem with its marketing or they don't know how to sell, sell their product or they don't have that clear vision or that business model. Is there anything like very, which is popping up on, you know, after 10 clients, you know, that seven of them, this, this is the common problem. There's a few. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think one of the commonest things is undervaluing the product that you have, particularly for service businesses. Um, if you are a coach, a mentor, a trainer, mm -hmm. if you're in one of those markets where what you do is more of a service than a, you know, I sell computer mice or whatever it, it is, where it's a product, it's, there isn't a, there isn't any way you can go to say that service costs this much money. Mm -hmm. uh, you can work with a coach who will charge uh, pennies and you can work with coaches who will charge thousands of pounds. Um, so, you know, the range is enormous. And I think the, the common problem is that there's a kind of perception that if I keep my prices low, it'll be easier to sell. Mm. And I think there's a flaw in that um, conclusion. The flaw is that if your prices are cheap, people assume that your product is cheap and yeah. that it may not be good enough for what they do i am not the cheapest in the market i never will be the cheapest in the market i'm not the most expensive either 
Um, but I uh, hope that I'm valuing what I do at what it's genuinely worth. And so the common thing that I find working with clients is to get them to push their prices up. And I have a, a, a way, a strategic way to do that, mm-hmm. that I think works for most businesses. And that is when you win a client, put your price up because they were prepared to pay what you're paying now. You don't know what your market rate is because the market won't tell you. But if you were, let's say, a coach selling selling a coaching session for uh, you know, £100, for example, you win a client, put it up to 120 mm-hmm. You win the next client, put it up to 140 yeah. You win the next client, put it up to 160 The next client, the next prospect says, oh, that's too much for me. Well, maybe you can reduce it a little bit, but don't reduce it back to the 140 you were at last time. Take it down to 150 or 155. Absolutely. Um, and that way you will hone in on where the market really values what you do. Uh, and the other is, you know, to be confident that you are worth more than you're charging. Because I, I honestly believe almost everybody offering a service is worth more than what they currently charge. Um, and as a mindset, I think that's quite useful to help when you're selling the product to be able to say, yeah, I charge, you know, for example, the, the day that I spend with people, I charge £3,000 for that. Mm-hmm. It's work beforehand, there's work afterwards, there's uh, reports and, and um, documentation that they get as a result of that as well. Mm-hmm. So that it's not just the day, it's what goes around it. It's £3,000. I have no qualms that I'm delivering more value than that to the business yeah. owner um and uh, so that's the price yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah it's really good and also from the point of view of the other others like when i started i wanted to just get first few clients for coaching right so i was like okay i'll do the six weeks program 600 pound but the thing is most of the people they didn't even took it seriously. We we worked for a, for a while, but there was not enough of action. There was not much results because the thing is, if they would miss the session, they were like, ah, it's not that much, you know, so whatever, right? But now when, uh, so when I charge obviously more, depends on what type of coaching, but in thousands, right? So when somebody, you know, so they need to show up on the session and if they are not prepared, then they know that they would be losing a lot of money. So it's very important for them to take action, be prepared. And uh, so it's it's place for both sides. I, I believe like if you pay more, you pay more attention. Yeah, I, absolutely right. And, you know, if, if you're uh, if you're charging what you believe you're worth, then the chances are the people who are buying it will believe you're worth that as well. Yeah. If you're charging a lot less than you're really worth, they will think you're worth a lot less. And yeah. uh, you attract a different sort of client, probably the wrong sort of client, uh, who's focused on the price they have to pay rather than the value that they're going to get. Based on that also, I, I don't know who, who was saying that. I think there was someone on the interview uh, with the pricing. This is like if three clients tells you yes in a row, you should increase the prices. Like you are saying after one each yes. Uh, and it just remind me, it's like, you know things what you know, but it's important to apply them. And I was just thinking the last four people I offered actually my coaching, uh, which I had this deep conversation with them. They all said yes. It was three of them in December and one yesterday. And I'm like, okay, so probably that is the time I should increase because all of them, they said yes. And there was not really much objections going on with that. 
so it's thank you for reminding me. So, so if somebody's watching and wants to be my client, so next time you'll pay more. <laughs> I, I, I think the other the other thing that's that's very common is that uh, we tend to lock ourselves into ways of doing things. Um, so you know we do things because that's the way we've always done them. Um, and I see business after business after business where that they've kind of forgotten why they do something that particular way. But when, you know, when you dig into it, it's just, well, we've always done it that way and actually may not be the best way. And I, I'm always aware that every decision that you've ever taken in your business, every decision I've ever taken in my business was taken by somebody with less experience than I have today. Mm -hmm. So I, I, could probably make a better decision today than I did when I took that decision two years ago or five years ago. So it's always important to revisit the way that you're doing certain things in the business, the way that you, the decisions that you made some time ago mm. and ask yourself, is that still the right decision for this mm. business today? Mm. Um, and quite often it isn't, but you just, you, you, because you're not challenging that past decision because it's, it's done and dusted. Uh, you, you don't change it. Okay, I have uh, one more thing to ask at the moment. Well, it came to my mind. If you work with someone for a full day, they pay you, you create the strategy for them. Does it sometimes happen that in a month time when you have the accountability and you go and see what he's done, they'll just say like, I didn't do it. I was so busy, caught up in the business, but nothing happened, nothing changed. And uh... all the time. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, so a big part of those accountability sessions is about looking at why that, why is that happening? Yeah. And what, what can we change to allow the space for that strategy uh, to be delivered? Uh, you know, I'm working with a client at the moment. Part of their strategy is about uh, bringing in some new skills to the business to uh, deliberately so that they can free up their time as a business owner um, mm -hmm. to be able to do some different things. Um, the key part of recruiting somebody, of course, is putting a job advert out and writing the job spec so that people can apply. And uh, that took uh, rather longer than our original plan because work got in the way, because he doesn't have the person to take that day-to-day -day work away. You know, real catch-22. Yeah. So we spent uh, a bit of time on the phone um, and uh, I took some of the drafting work uh, because I understood the business well enough, yeah. did that for them so that that got that through that particular uh, block and they were able to get the advert out and they're uh, interviewing this week. So, you know, things have moved on. Yeah. Uh, without the accountability sessions, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Because exactly. it, 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 the opportunity to look at, well, why has this happened? What, does, what can I do to help uh, mm. alleviate that would, just wouldn't have arisen. So... Mm. Yeah, really a good point. Yeah, I have a very good example on that, what you mentioned. I have a client, <clears throat> we started with our first few sessions, and uh, one of the things is that he's overwhelmed with the business, business for 25 years, really good, uh, but really working there for a, for a long time uh, actively. And uh, so we were saying like, okay, you need someone to help you to hire a person. But there was this like, yeah, it's it takes time to write a proper advertisement and I don't know what to do. And, you know, and it was like kind of a block for a week. And after we had the session, I'm like, have you ever used ChatGPT? You know, it can help you to write an advertisement. And the next the next session is like, 
yeah, we wrote the, the advert, we had the interview and we, we actually hired the person. Everything happened in the week. But the biggest block was to write the ad because uh, the, he didn't write one for years and years. So that was like the big thing to do. But all the rest, interviewing and hiring, it was all easy for him. But just this blog, and I'm like, I'm not good. I'm, you know, English is not my first language. I'm like, I'm not going to really help you in here that much. But you either find someone or, uh, you know, just use a technology which is available now. And it really overcome that challenge. Yeah. It's perfect example, isn't it? And that's, that's, I think, and again, it comes down to actually it's often easier for somebody outside the organization to do those kinds of things because they've got that different viewpoint. They've, they've got a different lens, uh, to use a photographic analogy again. Uh, they've got a different lens on the problem so we can, we can see it differently. It doesn't matter, I don't think, often that, you know, your language uh, because English isn't your first language, but even my language isn't the language of that business. It's the language yeah. of my business. So I might use words they wouldn't use anyway. Mm -hmm. But if we get the draft done, then it's much easier for somebody to go, this is great, don't like that sentence, change that, but we'll, and it's much quicker than staring at a blank piece of paper. You are a member of a PSA community, which is Professional Speaking Association, right? I am. Uh, would you mind just tell us a little bit more about that? Because I'm trying to a little bit promote it as well. So who wants to become a speaker, they can kind of get to know this community. Yeah, of course. So it's the Professional Speaking Association. It's, it's there for people who use speaking to audiences, uh, can be quite small audiences. So, you know, not just people who speak from a stage to a, a, a massive room full of people. Uh, but also the trainers, uh, the facilitators, the, the people who do maybe after dinner speaking or uh, that kind of uh, business as well. But it's anybody who's using speaking as a way of either making money in their business or of attracting clients to their business uh, where yeah. speaking is important. Um, it's a national organization. In fact, it's, it's uh, almost international because we are the PSA UK and Ireland, and it's the whole of Ireland, so Southern Ireland as well as Northern Ireland. Um, and we have uh, 12 regions, and those regions have monthly meetings where you can come and meet other speakers. Uh, here, some really good quality speakers delivering uh, business content generally. So uh, they'll be talking about how to use speaking in your business, how to build aspects of business. I speak uh, at some of these meetings on mastery and about how we can become masters of our uh, own skills. Mm -hmm. um, so you'll see some great speakers. You'll uh, have the opportunity also to network with uh, the other members. Uh, we're a fabulous community of people. I, it's, it's one of the few organizations that I've ever belonged to where genuinely, I think, uh, you know, if you ask for help, there are uh, 101 people who genuinely offer it, not not looking for anything in return, but but that if we each grow, we all grow. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's a you know a real sharing, collaborative spirit in, in the membership. We also have two big conferences a year. Um, this year we have a one day conference in London in April, uh, and in uh, October we have a three day uh, really big conference with international speakers from. We've got people from Canada, from America, from uh, New Zealand, I think, coming uh, this year to our big conference. Yeah. So you know, typically two, three hundred people at the three day event, uh, okay. a couple of hundred people at the one day event. 
So real, really great opportunities to network and meet people who are running successful speaking businesses and, and learn from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but also to make great connections and, um, you know, help each other do business too through referrals and, and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, it's a membership organization. So I'd encourage anybody who's interested in it to go and have a look at the website. It's thepsa.co.uk. Um, and on the website at the top in the menu, you'll find a, a tab that says events. Um, mm-hmm. so go and look for an event near you that you could go along to. And the first time you go as a visitor, um, you can you can join us uh, for half the normal price for a non-member. Um, which makes it a very cost-effective way to come and see, is this for me? Uh, you know, am I going to get benefit from being a member? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I think anybody who's using speaking will get benefit, but of course, you should come and try it out for yourself first and see. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for sharing that. I'm a member just not even a year. I joined in June or July. I visited a few regional events all over, but I have, I have at the moment I have only say good things about this community. I've also done the summit last year, uh, the conference, and uh, from that built connections like you mentioned. And actually this Saturday, I'm coming for an event which is organized by one of the members and he uh, allowed me to have that half an hour on stage to speak because I'm looking for the speaking opportunities, which is amazing. Last week I've been in Nottingham, uh, made, delivered my showcase for 10 minutes, got uh, some feedback, some good feedback, something to improve. And um, yeah, so I, it's a really good community. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I've seen you at the end of the uh, event in Nottingham that you are going there next month, right? Or this I month? Am. Yes, yeah. with with Chantal also, right? We are going together. Yeah, indeed. So uh, you will have some fun that night. Uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, mastermind groups, uh, mm-hmm. how to uh, build a group of people, uh, six to eight, who work together regularly to support each other and help. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about how that helps build mastery for the individuals in the group. So yeah, yeah a little bit different and uh, we'll have a lot of fun because we're going to put it into practice on the night as well. It's a lovely group up in Nottingham. They have a they have, um, some really great people there. It's yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a good crowd actually. It was around 30 people or 35. It was really, really good. I really enjoyed it, yeah. So one last thing what I would like to mention uh, or ask you, if somebody is either starting a business or a little bit in advance in the business and want to scale it but feeling stuck, is there a one advice or tip what you would give them which can help them to a little bit grow or overcome some challenges? Yes. One really quick thing, I think, is don't do it alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, find, find somebody who you really trust, who you can uh, spend time with, who understands you as an individual that you can be completely transparent and open with. Uh, maybe that's an accountability partner, somebody like you or I, who you're paying for, but maybe it's it's a really good personal friend. It doesn't really matter. I just think running a business can be a lonely activity, mm. so don't do it alone. 